Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Bump, for the weekend this. The podcast that you need to listen to. What are you doing? You want, you want me to pick up my phone? <laughs> Hello? Hello, mate. Hi. How, How you doing? Well, I'm you right. well? A bit weird, James. What's going on? How's the family? Uh, everything is great. Good. Christmas, Good. isn't it? Um, it's Antoine. All right. That's one grease. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's me. I'm speaking from last week. Tricky week for you. Yeah, I'm speaking from last week. I'm going to a fancy dress party. Yeah. Um, do you, Quick question. Go on. Do you think it's a good idea yes. for me to uh, dress up as a basketball player? Because it's like, it's dress up as you're like, your heroes or something like yeah, that. Yeah, okay, that's, that's fine, isn't it? Yeah. That's fine, is it? No problem. Great. All right. Cheers. Bye. All right. Bye. <laughs> and that's probably what happens. Yeah. Do you reckon? <laughs> yeah, the, moment, the moment of realisation <laughs> when he posted it on Twitter. Because it's not like that someone... It wasn't like a secret post, was it? It's one like, one like one of his mates dobbed him in. It was it. It was. Uh, it was a. He posted it on his own social media. Yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know, um, that was a a reconstruction of uh, the phone call that Antoine Griezmann must have had with someone. Yeah. Uh, because he he went on last week to post a picture on Twitter. <laughs> with himself blacked up. With himself blacked up. Seems right. to be the phrase that people use. So it, just up. in case anyone's confused, right? It's 2017. It's not okay for white people to black up under any circumstances. All right? So if you're confused about going to an office party or maybe a friend's party, if you're yeah. in the North, you might be more likely to do it. I've seen my friends of mine who I've had to educate who are from the North and they find it... It's, it's in Northern people. It's, in my experience, you're much more likely to come yeah. across someone blacked up from okay. the North. That feels like a generalisation in itself. No, no well, I, I, I just, I've, I've never seen anyone do it in London, right. is all I'm saying. Okay. All right, so I'm, I, I, I think it's fair that I've reached that, that, that conclusion. But yeah, any, anyone have any ideas, Nate, and then they can't understand the Ferrari. You don't have to understand the Ferrari, all right? You don't understand why it winds people up. You just have to understand that you shouldn't do it. This podcast is called One for the Weekend, and that is One for the Weekend. A bit of advice just to help you Get through transition. Weekend, without issues. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So just to be clear, if you're thinking of doing that, don't. give it a miss. Don't do it. Okay? But I'm guessing that's what Antoine Griezmann did. People don't know as well. He then went on to say, he got obviously a lot of abuse, and then went... Chill out. <laughs> Chill out. I like basketball. <laughs> no, people no, no. people think that was that's why people were annoyed. Yeah. Hang on, you're a footballer. You can't dress up like that. The thing is, it's weird. Right. Is it? I don't know how much this is about having a, being inside a bubble. Like you live inside a bubble that footballers do, and they don't really understand the real world. They can't do because it's, it's bizarre that someone who's obviously in tune with what's going on in the world. It's not like he's not exposed to the world. Yeah. But they must have been such a bubble that it just it, under no circumstances did it, at any point did he go is, is this is this, <laughs> is this okay <laughs> nothing in his yeah, nothing in no his point. you know you have a kind of it's cognitive dissonance I think it's called yeah. where you're kind of like you're not sure this what's... doesn't feel right yeah is this okay <laughs> it's yeah. worrying yeah it's worrying yeah. all right um, <laughs> do you think this just popped into my head that, you know, if you if you hit the big time now for whatever reason you became a like rock star yeah. superstar yeah slightly with the understanding now of seeing so many people who are kind of famous and who are in a bubble do you think you just go with the bubble yeah, <laughs> yeah. Probably, probably great inside the bubble yeah, yeah. Probably brilliant just completely believe their own hype because every person you ask go am I brilliant 
I go, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Well, can I get a raise? Of course you can. And and, and to perform at that level, you have to know, you have to believe in yourself and think you're brilliant. It's like boxers that get in the ring; they're arrogant usually for a reason because that arrogance carries them through into a situation that's potentially very dangerous. And if you second guess yourself, you're done in a boxing ring. Sure. You know, so we'll find out. So it's the same. You know, Antoine Griezmann can never second guess himself because he wouldn't be the footballer he is today. That said, <laughs> that said, it'd probably be more of a human being. Very true. Because uh, there are a lot of parties. I just thought we, we, that was a good thing to discuss because a lot of people are going to have a lot of... We've got our Christmas party yeah. coming up. Yeah. Um, a lot of people are going to be going out, right. possibly fancy dresses. New Year's Eve's on its way. Yes. There are stumbling blocks. Well, which, we, yeah, we've told them what to do. What exactly. to do. Uh, this is One for the Weekend, uh, the podcast that gets you geared up for the football. Uh, we're going to be talking about Liverpool versus Arsenal. Huge <coughs> game. Uh, they've had some amazing games uh, down the past. So we're going to talk about some of the greatest games in the Premier League. And we can have a chat with you guys in the comments if you fancy uh, writing down the greatest game of football that you've ever seen. I yeah. think that would be wicked to, to talk about. Uh, we'll have a chat about last week. We'll have the mug roll call. Uh, we'll also talk about Rafa Benitez. And uh, David Moyes, you go, who lock horns this week as Newcastle play West Ham. Uh, and lots more. A couple of soldiers lost in battle. And we'll talk about Margaret Dodds. Don't worry about it. All right. Uh, let's kick off with the trivia. Last week, we asked you this question. We said, who are the three outfield players to play every minute of the season for a Premier League title winning side? You did get a few, Flav, I think, at the time. But these are the correct answers. And well done to Jordan, LCFC, who got it correct... Azpilicueta, 2016-17, Wes Morgan, 2015-16, John Terry, 2014-15, and Gary Pallister. What did he win? In 1992-93. You win a pat on the back for yourself. Use your own hand, because I don't know where you live. Uh, This week, new trivia question. Uh, Six players have won the Scottish Premier League and the English Premier League. Who are they? We had Uh, this in the office, didn't we? Yes. So do you know all of them? Uh, I won't be able to remember. Um, I'll tell you the two I got. Uh, I got Kanchelskis. Kanchelskis is one. And I got Roy Keane. And those are the only two I could get. So I gave up after that. But there are people in the office like, don't. Oh, yeah. Uh, our uh, Scottish owner who sports Rangers. Mm. He, was, he got there in the end. He's in disarray for a little bit. Um, this podcast is brought to you by Fan League. Uh, we're on iTunes. If you search Long Ball Street or One for the Weekend, then you will find the, the episodes. Had some wicked episodes, wicked guests the last few weeks. Yeah. Steve O the Madman last yep. week was class. Was very funny. Still, we need to get him back on again, I think. We've had, there was there's so much to talk about. Yeah, tons. tons. Um, and uh, who did we have on before? With, uh, what's his face? Housen. Not good name, Steve Housen. Steve Housen. Yeah, he was good. on as well. Um, yeah. So loads of good uh, episodes to, to catch up on. Lawrence McKenna. Lawrence McKenna, of course, as well. Um, Fan League, right. Last week uh, we've gone down fourteen places, which isn't what, good. which is weird I because we were up five. Off, no, because I well I got mistaken with the there's so many leagues now. There right. are so many leagues that we've uh, somehow we've gone down. It's probably due to the fact that so many new people were playing the the game. Um, but uh, this week there's ten k up for grabs if you get thirteen out of thirteen. Come on, which is decent money. I won. Uh, 80 quid last week. Did you? 11 out of 13. Wow. Very happy with that. Somehow still went down one place in our league. Well, I, I, I got 9 out of 13, which Far is... Far better. Come back from before. the 2 out of 10. Exactly. 2 out of 13, uh, Mug roll call quickly. Uh, well, let's have Flav down the barrel. Uh, Tom Mason, 7 out of 13, but went down 6 places. Well, I mean, that's... Really? All right, Mug... Jack Renshaw, 6 out of 13, he went down 6 places to 47th with an average of 5.25, not good enough. Mug. And uh, Andreas Niku, who's bottom of our league and killing our average because he didn't play last week. Oh, mate, you're a mug. <laughs> so there you go. Um, and the winner, actually, last week was Ben Holcroft, who got 10 out of uh, 13. Sorry, actually, he's the uh, leader of our entire league because his average is better because he played less games. Okay. Despite me beating him. Yes. Anyway, it doesn't yeah, matter. But you're, 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 a, you know, you're a pundit. What kind of sort of game? If you like. download the app, you can see the four pundits. Yeah. You've got Sven Dessa, Sven Goran Eriksson. <laughs> yeah. You've got Ian McIntosh, respected journalist. And you've got James. And the gaffer. Wah, <laughs> 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 um, Yeah. But so I did alright. 11 out of 13. Pleased with that. Um, but yeah, if you want to get involved, then you can do, as I said, 10k up for grabs. When you join the app, you get two free game uh, credits, so you can play for free, and you can join our league. So uh, add me as a friend, James Alcott, uh, A-L-L-C-O-T-T, and I will invite you to the league, and you can help us get our average up. Link is in the description below. Link is in the description below. Let's talk about Arsenal versus Liverpool. Mm. Um, Before we get into some of the greatest games, because one that I wanted to talk about initially, and this is what kind of spawned this idea for this in the podcast uh, this week, was... 
was that Liverpool Arsenal game in in nineteen eighty nine, uh, yeah. last game of the season, which we'll mm. get into. But let's talk. Let's preview the game. Let's preview Arsenal versus Liverpool first. Uh, two teams that I, it's so hard to distinguish who's the best out of these guys. Obviously, we're going to find out at the end of the season. Mm. Who, who for your money is is the better is the best side, better first eleven? I mean, on paper, I would say Arsenal are the better first eleven. I think they've got, yeah, yeah I think defensively, especially, they're yeah. you know they've got they're much much better in that department, um, and they can also score, score goals. Özil, Sanchez, uh, Lacazette, if they're all on fire, you'd expect them to be you know scoring bundles of goals. But going forward, Liverpool, the team, you know, that are proving week in week out that they they can deliver. You know, Salah has been that's incredible, amazing. isn't it? That story that, is it though because it. it he he was great at Roma. He was great at Basel. He, he, he all he needs is a, a team to to believe in him and Fiorentina as well. He was fantastic in. Yeah. He's been great wherever he's gone, apart from Chelsea. And you could argue that he shouldn't have got into that team because they had such an amazing front three anyhow. Yeah. But you know, he's, Liverpool's a perfect club for him because it, he's just going to be given the platform to play. You know, they, they, yeah. sorry, they've been root, mooted about you know a possible move to Real Madrid that they're already interested. I would say to him, don't go. It's like, stay. Course, yeah. You found your you found your your place where you can go and be springboarded now, and and and, and just just wait and see. Play a few seasons at, at Anfield and and see what happens. He's 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 incredible. I think the fact that he has scored twenty goals before Christmas. The last person to do that was Ian Rush, who is he's top five for isn't Liverpool. He? For Liverpool, in Liverpool. Terms, yeah, in terms of the greats of Liverpool, he's right, he's yeah, he's right, up right, right up there. Yeah. And he was an out and out striker. Like Salah's like. It is a lot of people were comparing to Iron Robin because he likes to cut in onto his left foot. Yeah, and and people know he's going to do it as well. That's yeah. what's incredible. But it, sometimes the players are so good there's not much you can do about it. His pace is incredible. His eye for a goal. His ability to attack space. Uh, he's, he's very very exciting. And look, it's, I, I think it's it's such such an easy thing for people to say now. Like, oh, he's not a forward. He's not a front man. Sorry, he's not a number nine, so he's not leading the attack, so he shouldn't be scoring goals. Your job in that position is to score and assist. Yeah. Right? So if you're, if you're a top player at that level and you're not getting 20 goals as one of those front three, then you're not doing your job properly. So he's there to score goals. 20 before Christmas is insane, don't get me wrong. Like, yeah, that's, yeah. that's madness. But you know, he's, that's what he's there supposed to be. So you can't, it's not like when in the old days of playing 4-4-2 and you scored 20 goals from midfield when you're truly from midfield, mm. i.e. you're box-to-box or yeah. a wide man. That was... That, that was something special. Yeah, too. You know. So, I mean, look, I'm not dismissing him in any sense. He's doing what he's supposed to do and more. Mm. But, and I think the, the biggest thing you can say about him is that with Liverpool, certainly the last 18 months, the two people we talk about is Sadio Mane and Phil Coutinho. Mm. No one's concentrating on them at all. Because you can't. You have to concentrate on this guy mm. who's just doing so, so well. Going back to what you were saying earlier about how well he did at, at Basel and... Um, Fiorentina. At Roma, Fiorentina, sorry, and um, is that kind of? Are we not giving those leagues enough credence? I think uh, when when you're a player, you, you get judged certainly in England by whether or not you can do it in the Premier League. And we've seen players come over, Shevchenko, you know, uh, um, Kesman, you know, players that have done really well in other leagues, lesser leagues, um, and and have struggled. And then you think, well, maybe you're not that good. Mm. And I mean, to say that Shevchenko wasn't an, an an absolutely incredible striker yeah. because he had a bad year at, at Chelsea. It's dismissive, dismissive in the most extreme. But with Salah, you know, you, you'd expect to, players that do well in Italy. You think, okay, can they make a step up to the Premier League? Swiss, the Swiss league, you know, again, it's it's a good platform. Well, Basel have done a lot of good stuff in the Champions League yes, as well. So for him to be the main man at a club like that means. He must be okay. But he's I think he suits the Premier League so well, doesn't he? As well, yeah. That's the thing. yeah. I mean, he's got so pace, much pace, yeah. control, and um, his ability to follow instruction. Yeah, yeah, very true. Uh, Liverpool have been undefeated in their last nine games, um, but uh, Arsenal. Seventy-three percent of Arsenal's points have been won at home this season. So, and the other thing, the good stat with Liverpool is that they they're the only team to win. I think it's either three or four games by more than three goals away from home sorry right. this season so yeah. Liverpool are great away from home Arsenal are great at home <clears throat> where do you see this game being won and lost I think um, it's about Liverpool's defence as ever um, and whether or not he starts with Lacazette Ozil and Sanchez and 
will Sanchez be the player that he has been in previous seasons, but not so far this season? Yeah. If if those front three are uh, playing well, and Liverpool's front line are playing well, we're in for an absolute barnstorm of a game. I I, I can't call it. Essentially. Yeah, so, I think it's going to be an abs. It is. That's again why I've kind of we're going to talk about it in just a second, but why I kind of excited about this game because there has to be goals yeah. there's, there's bound to be goals but often that happens in football in, the, in, in terms yeah. of being a stinker but at this game the Arsenal versus Liverpool you know Arsenal can't sit back against Liverpool and Liverpool can't sit back against Arsenal so the only way Liverpool know how to play is attack yeah um, it, it's, it's quite hard to stunt that it's quite hard to stop stop that Liverpool attack yeah. Spurs managed it at Wembley we played very well that day and we just sat on the, we sat back and counted. But I'm not sure the Arsenal fans would be patient enough to let Arsenal to let Liverpool on. You know, maybe, maybe that is the way to play them. Yeah, uh, of course. First game of the season last year, uh, they beat them uh, quite convincingly. Was it three 0 I think it's three one. Three one. I remember rightly. But I might be wrong there. Four uh, 0 earlier in the season, uh, they beat them. So I would put Liverpool as favourites for this one. The other reason I would put Liverpool as favourites, despite it being uh, at the Emirates, is is Sanchez. Uh, only four goals this season, yeah. which obviously is nowhere near the, the return he had at this point last season. That's probably a big difference between these two teams. Uh, obviously, they're still quite close in points, but the fact that Sanchez has not hit the heights this year after being so brilliant for them last year, Salah doing the opposite, yeah. that, that's going to play a part. Ian Wright has claimed that he's clocked off Sanchez. <coughs> I know, I'm watching clips on Arsenal Fan TV, <coughs> Robbie, who likes to be as neutral as possible, he says, oh, he's gone. Mm. He feels like... Do you think? Do you think San- has Sanchez given up on Arsenal, or is this a really simple, s- simple story for people to throw out there? <sighs> the boring answer would be he's out of form, um, and he's you know he's head. He's kind of the likelihood is his head has been turned somewhat. Um, realistically, I think the frustrations with Sanchez that Sanchez had with Arsenal go way back before this year, the way he's clocked off. You know. He, I can't see a world where he signs a new contract at Arsenal. Um, but this was the case a season ago. You know, we saw him flip out. We saw him carry that Arsenal team at times last year. And he's probably, as a human being, he's just a bit fed up of doing it. Um, that said, you know, he's a professional. He should be doing his job properly. And if it is about his temperament and his, you know, his unwillingness to work for the cause because he's got one foot out the door already, then it's an embarrassing, embarrassing situation for him. You know, and... Um, you know, if if that is the case, and only Arsene Wenger would know really, because you'd be able to tell surely with a player that you worked with over the last four or five years that you know they aren't trying. They'll have the they'll have the metrics and the the um, what do you call it the yeah, the, the stats and the yeah. analytics on him on how well he's performing and how much he's running and he sprints and all that. You'll know from that. So then you don't keep playing him. Mm. I think, given the fact that they know all that stuff, that it isn't a case of him having one foot out the door. It's just a very good player, desperately out for. Yeah, uh, one thing I would say is that, and I think I'm sure I said this in the summer, is that it's human nature for him to go get to October, Arsenal be in the situation that they're in, because I think that was always a that was also a huge possibility that it would get to it would get to December and they would be out of the title race because for whatever reason, however good you want to say that that squad is, it doesn't play that well. It's consistently not played well enough to get anywhere near a title race. Yeah, so. Naturally, even if it's there's a difference between playing at 100 percent and playing at 75 percent, you're still running around a lot. Yeah. But the kind of the spark's not there, the desire's not there, that that hunger to go that little bit extra is maybe not there for, for someone who's. I think a lot of teams' failings have, have become evident and clear because Man City have been so good. You know, Man City have exposed the entire Premier League really because they are so good and no one's been able to cope with them. Um, and there's not much you can do about that. And, and the, when you're failing, when your club's failing, as everyone else has done, because we can't get anywhere near Man City because it's it's um, it's December and they've practically sewn the league up already. Yeah. You know, you have to look at your own squad and say this is this is where are our issues. But I think really the issues are that we don't have most clubs don't have the the, the money available to them to compete on that level really. So. Um, you know, everyone's going to look at their own squad and think, how can we be better this year? And that's a positive thing because it's going to make a more competitive league next year. But oh, I don't think many teams are doing much wrong. Uh, you know, I think, 
Man City are just incredible. They're so good. Okay, uh, let's talk about some of the greatest games because I just it's it did create this kind of road that I went down looking at old games in the Premier League, and this is one for the weekend. It's about being excited to go to the football, and the great thing about going to the footballs you don't know what's going to happen even in those ga- there's, everyone's got a game I'm sure let me know in the comments because I would enjoy reading them a game where you go there is no way we are getting anything from this game oh, yeah. and, and you've gone and, and done it or even even with you know you know a big bugbear of mine is leaving early like, even like with 20 minutes to go I was looking at great games for QPR in the Premier League and we'll get on to the one that most people know about but for me, in the season we stayed up, we played Liverpool. And we were 2-0 down, and I think it was 75 minutes gone. Mm. And that's the team with Suarez in it. We had Jamie Mackey up front. So <laughs> there was a difference. There was a golf in quality. Yeah. And somehow we won that game 3-2. And under the lights, it was amazing. Yeah, I bet. And that's where people should be excited about going to the football, even when it gets to, a bit of, to become a bit of a bit of a slog especially as we head to January head to February we're on our way to those games that mean absolutely yeah. nothing and, that, and that, that you, you look at the small clubs that are going to smaller clubs that are going to big games you know the ones that are sold out uh, are, are the games that are often hardest everyone wants to go Man United away because you might get that result yeah. and if you do it would be amazing you know I think it was just, I mean, my one, my my example of that, what you just mentioned in terms of going to a game and not expecting anything, would have been not two thousand eight uh, League Cup second leg against Arsenal. We'd drawn the first leg one all, uh, and we had to, you know, carry the away goal in. We had to beat Arsenal, and we at, in that stage hadn't beaten them in years, like twenty two out in something like that, something crazy. And I was just, I remember playing um, in my head Smiths. Um, uh, Please, Lord, let me get what I want this time. I, I was yeah. just like, oh, that's a great song, man. yeah. Uh, and I was just like, just please, just if there is anyone up there, and I know you're probably busy saving people from being blown up and that, and so you should. There's no second, there's no reason why you should be listening to me. At, but you know, the Bible does say you're omnipotent, so you probably should have time for me. Uh, you know, I. I just need this result. I just need it. I need it. And from the first minute, um, we, we 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 were in control. Um, Jenis scored in the very first minute. Um, we ended up winning five one, and we just we got everything we wanted. It was yeah. an incredible game Amazing. of football. Mm. Uh, so this yeah, this one is two nil uh, May nineteen eighty nine. For anyone who doesn't know about this, because obviously it was a while ago, it was chillingly simple. Nothing less than a two nil win at Anfield against the reigning champions would suffice. For George Graham's title pretenders in the final game of the 1988-89 campaign. Just to add further sort of context to that, Liverpool during this period were dominant in the most extreme. That like no one could get near them in the 80s at all. Uh, and uh, obviously there was this game in 1989. And it had that's it. There's nothing else. Two nil would would do it. Uh, Alan Smith got a goal early in the second half, uh, and it looked like it kind of. That was it. It was kind of run out of steam, and I think it was. I think it was John Barnes. Someone's going to definitely correct me. <laughs> Someone gave the ball away, and didn't need to in the last few minutes. Mm. And I think it was John Barnes. But anyway, and and Steve McMahon. There's a there's a shot of Steve McMahon going one minute. He's asked the ref one minute. They've just got to hang on. And somehow I think Alan Smith with a flick on, and then Michael Thomas scores that goal. He just I cannot. It, the keeper come out and he just yeah, it over the keeper. I cannot imagine. How much you would explode in that game? I mean, that that's iconic in the same way that Aguero's goal against QPR was like iconic. You know, the, the this was a moment where the entire season had worked towards this final game. Everything that happened, every goal that was scored, every one that was conceded, every performance, every last dip tackle had led to this moment. Yeah, and all Arsenal needed was a, a, a two-nil win. And say all, it was a gargantuan task on that game. You know, nobody expected them to go to Anfield and win, and. Uh, it, it, it was iconic, and I'm, I'm a Spurs fan, and you know I've got no time for it. I have no desire to watch it at all. I've seen it once, I think, in my entire life, and I can vividly, it's vividly imprinted on my brain. Wow! You know, it's an incredible, incredible thing for football, but a terrible thing for me personally. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Liverpool actually been in some unbelievable games of football as well. Liverpool Arsenal. There was the one 
Um, uh, in after twenty seasons, uh, they did a sort of a poll over the best games of, of the Premier League <coughs> ever, and there's a few unbelievable Liverpool games and Arsenal games. Arsenal four, Spurs four in two thousand eight, two thousand and nine. Yeah. Um, who was who's going that? David Bentley didn't he score in that? Uh, Is that ben, it was ben, Danny Rose? Ben, no, Bentley bent. Um, uh, Mod- no, Bentley bent. Lennon and uh, Jenis. Jenis. So four four in a derby. Mm. Liverpool Arsenal has been four four in two thousand eight two thousand nine. Is that when well. Arsenal scored four goals? Yeah, yeah, I remember. Incredible it was. Uh, Newcastle Arsenal four four in two thousand and ten um, two thousand eleven. Yeah, and Liverpool of course that game uh, and there was, it was two years on the trot. Uh, Liverpool versus Newcastle 4-3 the 95-96 one mm. which a lot of people obviously remember Kevin Keegan that was kind Collymore, of the, that was the moment Collymore yeah unbelievable if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery think again Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime even better this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment no maintenance required improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. That game, it was, um, I think, so it, go, it went 1 0, 1 0, 2 1, 2 2, 3 2, 3 3. Then, of course, yeah, no, what, whatever you say about these clubs, um, you know, whether you like Arsenal or like Liverpool or not, you know, not my two favourite teams, but you have to respect the fact that they've always played attacking, exciting football. Certainly under Wenger, Arsenal had a period of playing very boring football, and I won't get into that. <laughs> the, uh, you know, the, the fact is that since the Premier League more or less formed under Wenger, Arsenal played exciting, attacking football, as have Liverpool under various guises and various managers. They're always going to be, it's always going to be a great game, and, and going into it, I'd, I'd, like I say, I don't know, it's, a, it's one you'd have to hedge on the fan league. Yes, absolutely, yeah, I think you. I think you would. Uh, I asked Flav to pick a game that what is the most ridiculous game of football, Premier League football that he's watched uh, with Spurs, yeah. and he went for uh, a Wigan Wigan home win, which doesn't sound exciting, but well, Spurs scored nine. We, we won. <laughs> we scored nine one, and, and Jermaine Defoe scored uh, five. Uh, it was literally like every single time we went, we went forward, we scored. It was it was bizarre. It was like an exhibition match. Uh, also notable mention one nil at half time. <laughs> Uh, 2-1 2-1 half time are you sure it says here uh, uh, no Crouch Crouch scored after 9 minutes it says here oh it was 1-0 yeah and it was 1-0 after time like, you know I didn't really no I yeah, don't remember absolutely. so Defoe 54 uh, 51 54 58 and then he scored 69 87 as yeah. well and then there's a couple of couple moments. of notable mentions uh, that when we turned around uh, 1-0 uh, 1-0 deficit to uh, Man City and we scored three goals in four minutes. There's nothing better than scoring three goals in quick succession. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and especially because Man City fans were giving it when we were in the stadium. Um, and, and the other one would have been being 3 0 up against Manchester City. Joe Barton sent off at half time and we somehow lost 4 3. Yeah, uh, Mackham, wasn't it? Scored yeah, the that's right. But my, my, my choice is Man City 3, QPR 2. Which is, I shouldn't be picking a game that we've lost, really. But that I'm going to struggle to ever trump that game in terms of going to a game that. 
for the wider context. I think I kind of missed out a little bit because a lot of people would have been watching it on telly and were able to kind of flick between the two and yeah. and got that kind of real <laughs> understanding of what was going on in the context and, and the fact that United had won and that was done and that Man City were, were Yeah, well, Man United won the, won the league. All they needed is for QPR to hold on to that two-all win, um, two-all draw, oh, yeah. and, and, and the, the Premier League trophy was going to... To Man United, the helicopter was already on its way to yeah. happen. And what's incredible about that, not, not incredible, but it's what's different for, for me and unique for me uh, in comparison to everyone else, is that everyone else was kind of generally watching it as a neutral going, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening, obviously apart from Man City and Man United fans. Yeah. But uh, for me, and I'm sure for Bolton fans, <laughs> I was watching that game and it was torture. It was absolute torture. We were defending for our, our lives in the first half of the game. We basically had Zamora and Cisse uh, up front, but they were playing in centre midfield. That's how deep we were. Yeah. They got one goal. They looked pretty comfortable. We had probably about two attacks. Paddy Kenny had the game of his life, um, and it looked like we might have done it. Then Joey Barton gets sent off, and the hatred towards him from me in terms of ruining the season by doing what he did... Yeah. Then we went 2-1 up. <laughs> and, it's, and I'll never forget watching the ball go down the left-hand side. And Trey, I looked, as Traore was running down, I looked and I saw Mackey. And I was like, it's like slow no. went, cross it. <laughs> and he just put this lofted cross up and from nowhere there's Mackey. Just and he just down. headed it down, didn't he? He headed it down because he's obviously, God, don't screw this up. Yeah. And it's gone in and we were so close. And I was... The other weird thing is, I was glad that we lost the game, but I missed the last goal. Because the I was on, goal? Because I was on the phone. I wasn't really concentrating on the goal, because I was on the phone to my, my mate Craig, who's a Stoke City fan, who, unlike anyone else in the world, who was concentrating on Man City and Man United, he cared about the, Stoke, the meaningless game for Stoke City against mm. Bolton, and they were able to get a draw, um, I think it was 2-2. Two, two. And, and so point. I'm calling him and going... Is it over? Is it over? Is it over? And then I kind of just looked up and then we saw them score and saw everyone go crazy. The most unique thing about the entire thing, and my dad said to this said this to me, and he's watched football for you know, since he was eight or whatever. So well over well, well over fifty years. He said, I've never left a game where everyone is so happy. <laughs> We'd stayed up. They'd won the league. Yeah. That doesn't happen. No. You don't both, you're not both jubilant. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's insane. Yeah. So, sorry. Fantastic. I just had to go into that for a second. Go no, no, I mean, it was incredible. But, yeah, I mean, that's the beauty of football, and that's a good thing about uh, everyone this weekend. If you're going to a game, if you're watching a game, then you've got... Uh, that, that can always happen, you never mm. know. Um, Margaret Dodds. Uh, she's a, a centenarian. Uh, she's a Bristol City fan she's been watching oh, Bristol yeah, City oh yeah I know I saw that for story. years yeah, yeah. Which I just thought this is a lovely story yeah, yeah. so you know we talk about going to the football again it's called One for the Weekend people you know making their way she's from Western Supermare she's Robin's fan for 40 years yeah bless her uh, it's lovely mate it's yeah. lovely start going in the 1970s and w- how do you feel about the thought of watching your team for the next 50 years <laughs> that's what I thought <laughs> I was like, poor. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 Do you I mean, think you'll just give up at some stage? Over decades, over decades, you're thinking, I'm going to feel a lot of pain during that time. No, I'll never, ever give up watching watching Spurs. You know, I'll, I'll always be a Spurs fan in t- my entire life. Um, my dad's still there, and he's, he's nearly 70, you know what I mean? So I, if he's still there, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be I there. I think my dad's more into it now than he was. Really? T- he's, certainly cu- he's certainly more... Intense now than he was when we first started watching. I think. Yeah, I, I've, it's more intense. Does, it, does the, the results affect him so badly? Because I've managed know, to find no, it. maybe not. Yeah, but so in I mean, the game, I think the older you get and the more mature you get, you can deal with results. Like yeah. losing your shit because your your team lost the game of football or drawn one, is uh, shows massive levels of immaturity. Yeah, so I mean, I think that's amazing that she's still going to the football and I hope she enjoys it for for many years to come. Bristol City got. Yeah, Margaret does, yeah. yeah. Bristol City got QPR this uh, weekend, so one thing oh, we'll say. Well, for Deuce here. What? Nah. What do you mean? I'm just saying, don't find me. I won't find you, Margaret. <laughs> don't what? step on my turf, Margaret. You, you can stay at Ashton Gate, that's your home. What? That's all I'm saying, fam. No, I'm just saying, she better not, I better not see her... Down this Road. Giving it. Down Loftus Road. Or there'll be... Tra- let, let's say there'll be trouble. What do you... You're, are you saying that... Let's say there'll be trouble, Flav. If Margaret Dodds comes down giving it the big one. 
let's say, no, <laughs> let's say she's just been for no tweeting, no for, beef. Forward. She's been you've Margaret Dodds. Margaret <laughs> Dodds. Bless her. That's such a lovely name. If you're watching this, just yeah. you know. Wind your neck in, Margaret. Wind your neck in, love. Right, all the press. Now. I like that. I've never seen that side of you before. Oh well, it's there. We're, we're willing to. Is it? If I don't come in the fight, yeah, you're not going to win. I'll do it. Um, West Ham versus Newcastle this weekend as well. Um, David Moyes, come on, boys! David Moyes, everybody, round of applause. For just our asking, just because there's loads. Um, so um, but David Moyes, I mean, come on, he deserves credit, doesn't he? He does it. That is three. <laughs> I know. Look, look. I, I, I thought they were going down, and that shows you how little people know. They still might do, you know, no, right? but they may do. They may do, but he, he is—they <laughs> haven't conceded the goal. No, they, so they lost. They lost, lost two. Four, lost four 0 to Everton, didn't they? they and lost, then they lost to Man City one. But two one. But that was that was quite a close game, and yeah, yeah, yeah. and that was at um, Etihad as well, yeah. wasn't it? So look, this is that was you saw Spurs get spanked there. You know, West Ham tight defensively, and the first thing Moyes has done is got in there. And go look, let's tie up at the back. <laughs> Guys, guys, let's stop shipping goals. Let's shipping goals. Yeah, just tighten up at the back. And actually, they've got quality footballs, footballers in their front line. You know, Lanzini, Arnautovic, who's, been, who's actually been leading the line, playing a number yeah. nine or a false nine. And actually has, has, has been running his ass off. It's not something you'd expect him to see. Certainly not something he'd done at Stoke. I think he was wrestling on his laurels somewhere. And Morris come, Moyes has come in and gone, look, mate, mm. you want to stick around? You've got to start running, boy. Yeah. And, that, and, and, and that's what he's done. Like, against yeah. Arsenal uh, uh, um, at home, and the nil-nil draw with them. He he just ran it. He ran the channels. He was chasing t- players down. You can see he believed in it, and they've, they've somehow, somehow, David Moyes has gone into West Ham and he's galvanised them. <laughs> yeah, he's, something he's, he's never done the juice as well. He's trying the Kool Aid. Oh, mate, I, 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 I look. I'm just happy for him because everyone, I, we laughed. We laughed at you him. You laughed at him. I laughed at I him. I wanted to give him a chance, and I'm willing to hold my hands up and say I was wrong. I'm a dick. And, and and God bless David Moyes because yeah, if you're a man, man, West Ham fan, you must have been worried. Yeah. You must have been worried. And you know what? He's coming and he's done a good job. And I, the amount of stick he's got, you know, I was like, just go, like leave, like leave football, do everyone a favour, and you just. Did. I, mean, I think on, it may have even been on this podcast. You sort of had a bit of a rant. Just, just leave us alone. Just leave us alone, mate. We've had <laughs> enough of you. Get out of our lives. Yeah. But he's turned it around, yeah. and and you know what? I like being wrong because you know he's. I just feel sorry for him now. Do you? No, I did, no, yeah. He's, he's riding the wave. Um, Moyes said this, I think I'm capable of doing the job at any club in the world, so I'm sure I can do it at West Ham. But is he... What, is he... <laughs> so hang on, wait. If you was a West Ham fan, would you be happy with that statement? Uh, I guess it depends on the context. Well, is he saying that this is a Is he saying that this is compared to most clubs, West Ham have it good, and that you know there's money and good players there, or is he saying West Ham are shit? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you know it doesn't, you know, it's not a bigger task as, as being at Real Madrid. I can't quite tell. I didn't initially think about it like that, but he, he is essentially saying this is a dump. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a dump, and I can do it at great clubs like Everton and Man United. And, and not my words, his words. Yeah. I don't, I, don't know, I don't know I don't know any West Ham fans are you, are you, are you happy with that quote how do you take that quote um, so yeah he's saying he could do it in any, any club do you agree with that do you think there are certain managers that only suit certain clubs I don't agree that David Moyes could do it at any club um, I, I think he's he's, he's, <laughs> he's proven that he can't he's got you had Man United you could, it, you could any of, anyone have proved that they could have replacing Fergie if Mourinho had come in straight after Fergie would he have succeeded yes you think? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, um, I, I think I think he would have done. I think. Look, he had yeah, I, the team that Fergie left him wasn't the greatest. You know, he 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 put all his eggs in that last basket. It's not that's a salmon, isn't it? It's close. Yeah, he put, he put all his eggs in that basket. Uh, 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 Ferguson, knowing full well that there would be a massive rebuilding job needed, he's a bit harsh on Moyes. But look, he's no, he didn't. You think Fergie uh, thought Fergie yeah, was going to sabotage Man United? Oh, I just think he knew that he needed to win. He wanted that last that last season to be uh, to, to to be a trophy winning season. Oh, sorry, 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 and he okay. didn't have the <clears throat> he didn't have the probably just the, the interest in the game or, or the drive to do it again. It's to rebuild Man United once again yeah. because every team needs to be rebuilt every night. You can't have you know this Man Man City team won't be the one that, that wins the league in six years' time if they do do that. So you need to constantly be refreshing. Um, but there were so many players getting older in, in that Man United team that I think um, it was difficult for Moyes. That said, 
it's not as difficult as the West Ham job and making sure that they, they kind of eventually qualify for Europe if they if that's what they want to do. I kind but of I still do. feel sorry for David Moyes with the Man United job because I feel like he was people were ready to go. They were that that's the clear it was like Ranieri for me a little bit. Like the story was there. Like to go done it. as soon as you lose, go, Oh god, look are they because the best story is of them going off a cliff. Mm. So the, the the side that you sit on on every story when they lose or win, when they win they kinda of go, Well that's boring that they've won, so let's not talk about that. When they lose, let's make it a big deal. And I think that definitely that took control after a while. Yeah. Um, the bottom line is he did for um Rafa Benitez uh for Newcastle uh, they love him Newcastle fans absolutely love him yeah that said eight defeats in nine not good enough Get but there's out. so much patience with him um, I think because they realise they're not going to get a manager as good as him I think he's, he's, he's done very good work throughout his career maybe arguably Inter Milan should have done a lot more but it was the same situation with Moyes they just won the Champions, uh, Champions League with uh, Mourinho mm. Um, and then he took over this squad who, like you said, they topped the mountain and now they're on the way back down. You know, they're on to new pastures new or, um, you know, they didn't have the drive to do it all over again. But by and large, uh, Rafa Benitez has done a good job wherever he's gone. Um, you know, he's the, he's the last manager in, in, in Spain to win it outside of El Clasico. He did that with Valencia, I think. You know, so he's always done amazing things throughout his career. I think, uh, you know, Newcastle's squad is a championship squad. They didn't strengthen properly. They've been... Um, there isn't, there isn't a situation there where Ashley was always going to spend money. He wanted to get money out of it. They're now in a situation where they've just been bought out by this... this, uh, this uh, I can't remember. Yeah. Has that happened? Uh, I think they agreed a fee, 300 oh, right. million, yeah. So it's... They're, they're, it's just a case of, look, he's given money to spend. He'll do a good job. Like, if they sack him now, what do they do? Where do they go? It's not... They're, they're doing the right thing. And it's actually quite refreshing that Newcastle fans haven't... I mean, sure, some are, are questioning him, but... By and large, you don't hear much out of Newcastle fans. I kind of, I feel the, like the excuses are he's getting a tiny bit lucky with this, just because that is an awful run. That Terrible. is an awful, Terrible run. Terrible run. And Brighton is that a Championship squad then? Yes. And Huddersfield is that a Championship squad? Yeah. Yeah. By and large. Whereas Newcastle spent, although they they got rid of a, a couple of guys, yes, the most expensive ones, they spent a hell of a lot of money <coughs> in yeah. the in the Championship. Look, so, look. Um, I think most people said they were guaranteed to go up because it yeah. wasn't a championship squad. So hang on. True, but the it's so it's so important to be able to work in an atmosphere that's that's supportive and pulling in the, in the same direction. You know, your club works because the chairman and the board are pulling in the correct direction, so that same direction as the manager. He's in a situation where he probably full well knows that Ashley's on his way out. Wants to sell. He's working within the the financial constraints that means because Ashley's never going to spend money knowing for what he wants to sell. Yeah. That'd be crazy. Yeah. So you understand that. So he's in this situation where he's he's doing the best he can. He obviously has an affinity with the Newcastle um, Newcastle uh, um, fans. You know, he ne- he's never left a, a job uh, quickly before. You know, before he was ready, and he's stable and going down. I think that's to be applauded, and and maybe that yeah, that's why that... he probably deserves that patience. Yeah, and and I think look, if if, if at the end of the season after. Strengthening in July, and I'm sure he'd be given funds because there's no way this new company coming in is going to want to take or see Newcastle go down. They're going to have to spend, you know. And he, look, even if I, I'd say, like, Newcastle went down, you know, you'd probably want him to stay on to see what he could do under these new owners. Mm. But I doubt if they come near the relegation zone towards the end of the season with 10 games to go and they're still struggling, they may be reactionary and get rid of him. But I think it, I'd be interested to know what Newcastle fans are thinking here because. How long do you give him? And do you, would you be willing to go down the season again? They're used to going down to the championship. It's not a big no, deal. They always go back up. And they always come back up. The one up. thing that would be an it's absolute disaster for them is if, or for the, for the new owners, they come in, they've, they've got January to make a decision here. Do we throw a load of money at it to, to make sure that they're okay? But this is the Premier League. Like, shit happens. So they could throw a load of money at it and those those signings not work out and they could still go down yeah, yeah, that would be an absolute risk for them uh, right soldiers lost in battle time um, just to say we've run out of soldiers lost in battle so I'm going to have to I've had to look for some of the saddest stories in the world of football this week alright so look people listening see, everyone loves it but no one wants to put a work in how are we going to do a soldiers lost in battle if none of you soldiers are letting us know your stories True. let us know or it stops yeah well no it literally does stop yeah, because I've got i found some there's only so many sad stories out there so if we've got, we're, there'll be another podcast going out soon. We're gonna we're gonna have a break there. So you've got your time. 
Get in the comments right now. Get your soldiers lost in battle stories, the the saddest stories that you can find in football. Yeah. And we will uh, we'll read them out and discuss <coughs> them. Just, just on your own the experiences. Pod. One of the times where you have been able to watch them. This is the intro bit. So go on, start playing the music. Right. Okay. The, when in, when in your life have you ever been able to or, or, or been stopped from going from football? By someone who was supposed to care about you, all right, or some sort of situation that stopped you going from watching the team you love. It could be a good result or a bad result. It doesn't matter what it is. When have you not been able to go and watch the team that you love because some other person has got in your way? That's what you want to know. Tell us the stories. Put them in the comments as quickly as possible. <laughs> Otherwise, this section stops and never comes back ever again. So sort your lives out. This is more a sort of excuse from the World Football this week. Just so. The Gypsies curse at Birmingham. The reason behind Birmingham's failure to reach the top flight was down to the reputed gypsy curse, a problem manager Barry Fry tried to eradicate by famously urinating on all four corners of the St Andrews pitch. He said, We went three months without winning. We were desperate. So I pissed in all four corners, (laughs) holding it in while I waddled around the pitch. He said, Did it work? Well, we started to win and I thought it had. Then they fucking sacked me. He said, Probably not. The ghost of Lord Nelson. <laughs> Poor Blackpool. They let a two-goal lead slip in a playoff match with Bradford City in 1996. On the t- Hang on, Blackpool let a two-goal lead slip in a playoff match against Bradford City in 1996. On the team's boardroom being haunted by the ghost of Lord Nelson. Yeah. That's not that's not called Lord. How's it work? Is no. Right. And papering over the cracks, Newcastle once had a run of bad form towards the end of 2013-14 season under Alan, Pard- uh, Alan Pardew. And he explained that the reason for this was that I don't actually think the local media in the North East helped us this week. They whipped it up for whatever reason. I know one or two have been banned from the stadium and they probably used that as a bit of an agenda, which is a bit of a shame for us because we want them to support us. It's Pardew, it's the media, the North East media, ruining it for poor Alan Pardew over the... Like, Bastions of football. Is he? The uh, I, I think the problem is that uh, that they're Padres. Why, why should they? They're, they're news reporters. They're not like propaganda merchants for the yeah. club. And like, uh, final one this week. Uh, poor Colo Torre, who got a six-month ban for failing a drugs test because of his wife's diet pills. It wasn't his fault. Is that fact? I mean, that's what he said, wasn't it? <laughs> seems a bit dodgy, isn't it? it does seem a little bit dodgy. Dodge. So that was a yeah, that was a makeshift soldiers lost in battle. Uh, we do like read them out, so let us know. You got a couple of weeks to get some written down, and if you do, then we will read out the best ones. Yep. Final thing to finish off uh, on this week's uh, one for the weekend podcast is uh, those were the days. Ah. Save that to the end. Yeah. If you've got a those were the days, so things that you miss about football, just little things, tiny things. Uh, we'll have a few examples in just a second. Then let us know in the comments. Once again, we will read out the best ones next week, and we've got one from someone this week. So first up, Flav, taking mm. you down memory lane. Yeah, Fastino Esprilia's legs. Oh wow, rubbery. Beautiful times. Yeah, beautiful times. He was incredible. He Sorry, was incredible. Right? Wrong, I mean, he was. Uh, Claudio Kanija's hair. Yeah. Um, what? Yeah. Uh, just terracing at football. You don't understand? Um, I've, got, I've got one for us. Don't go worry. It's not all on you. C facts. Do you know C facts? I know the extension of that club call. <laughs> nice. So just for younger, younger listeners and viewers. Um, Club Call was CFAX in fact was like a sort of tele- <laughs> teletext was a, a service that you, you could click if you it was like the internet but on your television but it was basic before the internet like Google what CFAX looked like yeah. uh, and then there they would always this Club Call where like if you wanted transfer rumours this was the place to go you'd ring them up and it would charge you about a pound a minute more a, lot, a lot, lot money then that was like five pound a minute and, um, and, and then they would tell you Information about star-studded striker heading to Wire Lane. No one ever come. It was all bollocks. It's exactly what transfer to Italy was today, but it exists back in the 1980s. What was mad about Club Call as well is that uh, it was from the club. <laughs> so they're giving you the transfer rumours that aren't going to be real. Yeah, weird. Weird. Uh, so last two, strikers who used to play centre-back as well. Paul Warhurst. You had Dion Dublin. 
Uh, Chris Sutton. Chris Sutton did it as well. Paul, I think Ian Paul, Marshall liked it now and again. Yeah, Paul Warhorse. Uh, yeah. I think Dowie did it a couple of times. It might, might be wrong. Maybe makeshift. Yeah. yeah. And the last Gary one. Gary Doherty. <laughs> Very good. Spurs. Gary Doherty did do it. Yeah, he true. was pwned. Uh, and finally, Dan Fraser, who wrote this in the comments last week, which I quite liked and very relevant to the current climate of football. Middlesbrough being Man City 8-1. Last game of the season. Oh, I don't even remember that. Last game of the season, quite a while ago. I think it might have been 2000, I want to say 2006. And I've got a little story about this, which is quite good. So we had, um, we had our fantasy football league and we had... Uh, it was all going down to the last weekend and uh, my mate Craig from the Great Touch for a Big Lab podcast go download it. He, <laughs> he was winning and uh, going into the last week yeah. but he made Richard Dunn his captain oh. against Middlesbrough. They lost 8-1 yes. and he got sent off <laughs> which made him finish like fourth so he missed out on Beautiful. A, a decent bit of money. Beautiful. So that was those, for the, those were the days. Let us know yours in the comments below and that is one for the weekend, Flav. Absolutely sterling work, James. Thanks, mate. Enjoyed that. Yeah. Margaret, you've been warned. You have been warned, Margaret. Wind your neck in. <laughs> uh, God, God, like God bless her. God she's bless a her. lovely, yeah, lovely yeah, lady. Yeah. I'm sure she's really into podcasts. Yeah, yeah. Um, this podcast is brought to you by Fan League so download the Fan League app. Join us on the one for the weekend league Search my name, James Alcott, after you download it. Link is in the description, and then I will add you to the one for the weekend league. We need you to help us get up that table, so come and get involved. 10k up for grabs, and you don't even have to pay if you're um, playing for the first time. So do that, okay? Yeah. Do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you're listening to it on the podcast, go, down to, go to the Family Gap. Uh, sorry, the, uh, I'm messing this up completely, <laughs> right? iTunes, Apple, Apple, the podcast, <laughs> Apple app, Apple Store, Apple Store. Uh, iStore, App Store. Uh, what is it? It's an App Store, isn't it? App Store, Jesus. Is it? Uh, all right, App Store, and then just type in family one word and you get it, in you? Perfect. Lovely. <laughs> lovely, Seamless, lovely. lovely. We will see you next week for another one for the weekend. Subscribe to Ball Street. Is that an emoji? Yeah, He's got the hand emoji. Yeah, look, look, very look, nice, very yeah, good. I like that one. Nice one. How are you feeling today? <laughs> well, how long did it be till we, we start communicating in that fashion? About four years. Yeah. <laughs> okay, people can't see that. We'll hear that. Right. Anyway, right, that's it. See you later. Bye. <laughs> Was that a bit messy? Fucking <laughs> <laughs> people love that shit. It's fine. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.